Good evening, listeners, and welcome back to the podcast tonight. Uh, Brother Pentecost here checking in with you again. We have yet another episode of Simple Biblical Teaching found right here on 238 Podcasts. Um, So excited to come at you. So excited to bring another lesson, another bit of good news to this world today. Um, We sure can't let go without the good news. We need some good news in our lives. Uh, We sure need some encouragement in our lives. We sure need something in our lives to brighten up the world because this world is so dark. This world is so ugly. There's so many things in our society and our world that are so dark, so dreary, so sick, but oh, how good it feels to be a part of the church and to be able to hear great things happening in the world. Um, Global pandemics, political unrest, society's just a mess, but oh, 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 we have a hope, we have a purpose, we have a calling to be the church that God's made us to be. So the first two episodes, they've been really great. Um, We've covered the very first things that we need to have covered, including what it really means to be a Christian, which is a follower of Jesus, which is following his ways, following his example, following his word, doing as he tells us to do, Um, and as well as finding out what God truly purposed for humanity when he placed us on the earth. I'm going to challenge you to remember that. What is it that God purposed for us? One, to bring him glory. Two, to bring him pleasure. And three, to walk in fellowship with him. Those were the three main purposes that are found in the word of God as to why he created humanity. And uh, I, in, over the last two episodes, I've been able to pour my heart out to share the news with everyone on here that's truly listening. That there's no other way to find fulfillment that our souls are looking for. Our souls are searching everywhere for fulfillment. In, in, in society, we're searching for it in substances, we're searching for it in relationships, in careers, in, in uh, materialistic items, we're searching for it, but we're not going to find it nowhere um, other than establishing a lifestyle of service to God, giving Him glory, giving Him pleasure, and giving Him the fellowship that He has created us to, to abide by. So after letting that sink in, the first two lessons, I think we're now at the point of going further in teaching. And uh, tonight, we're going to answer yet another question, maybe a few questions that that might come next. After figuring out what it means to be a follower, what our purpose is, what God placed us on the earth for, and now we can go in and learn a little bit about the meat of the Word of God. Um, So a question that, that... many may have now is so we understand that God created man and woman for these purposes. We understand that God wants us to glorify, please and commune with him. So why in the world is the world so full of people who are doing exactly the opposite? This world, everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, it seems like everybody's not fulfilling the purpose for their lives. Everybody is not fulfilled. Everybody out there who are not fulfilled are having to stuff their lives with temporary materialistic things to try to satisfy the yearning of their soul. All the while they're remaining empty and worse and worse they grow by the day because 
They're not living that life fulfilled. Um, I have an answer for you. There's one word, and it's one word answer, and it's what we're going to deal with today. That is sin. Um, Sin. Strictly sin. Um, Sin is the separation from God. Sin is the causing factor that has placed man away from God. Um, When God designed man and woman, he designed that they would be already giving him glory, already giving him pleasure, and already in communion with him. And that's how he designed man. But when sin entered the world, sin caused a direct separation from God. And God never changes. And that tells me if back in many, many years B.C., back before Christ, back in the days of the Garden of Eden, if sin separated mankind from God, then it still does today. So the very, very first thing you really got to learn about God, the probably his most Definitely, not probably, definitely his most known attribute is that he is a holy God. He's a God that will not in any way tolerate sin. Um, It doesn't matter the age, the background, your race, your sex, your gender, any of that. All that matters is that if there's sin in the presence, you will be completely separated from God. You cannot have sin in the same place as God. God is like, and if you've been to Sunday school, probably even science class, they teach you water and oil does not mix. You got to look at God like the oil. He's that oil. And you pour sin into a bucket of oil. What's going to happen? The oil is going to stay at the top and the water is going to be at the bottom because they cannot mix. If you try mixing them, they immediately separate. And that's how it is with God and sin. It cannot mix. If there is a presence of one, There will be a direct absence of the other. And that's one thing we got to learn about God. Because in this day and age, so many people, groups, individuals, they're trying to dumb down what it means to be a Christian. They're trying to dumb down what sin really is. Sin is separating us from God. Sin is not just being a good person, abstaining from evil things. Sin is a, a thing that will keep us completely out of our fellowship with God. Sin will completely destroy our our walk with God. Sin will completely crumble our dealing with God. So, God is like the oil and sin is the water. Let's remember God like that. I think if if, if we could get that, uh, that part of God down, if we could understand that, we would realize a lot more about God. We would see, hey, there is a way to live and there's a way not to live. Um, Matthew 6 and 23, going to the scripture, tells us, But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Um, you can't serve two masters. Uh, you can either, if you're going to be serving sin, you're not serving God. And if you're serving God, you're not serving sin. Uh, you can pseudo-serve God and pretend like you're serving God, but really you're serving sin. Or you can or you can just serve sin altogether. But there's no way to really serve God if you're serving sin. Because there's no way. The psalmist in Psalm 66, 18 tells us, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Why is that? Because he's a holy God. Holy God 
Um, in First Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, wrote, But as he which hath called you, meaning God, is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Um, God is holy, and he's instructed us to be holy. He's instructed us to be a holy people. Holy in its simplest form means separate. It comes from a word meaning to separate or to cut off. God is separate and God is cut off from everything that's sinful and evil. He just cannot tolerate sin. He cannot come near it. He cannot be around it. First John, another one of Jesus' followers, said, This then is a message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Scripture makes it abundantly clear to us that God is not in any way tied to sin. In fact, God and sin are the exact opposite. God and sin are like black and white. God and sin are, there's no gray ground. It's black and white. There's sin and there's God. When sin shows up, God will depart. And that's, that's, that's just how it is with sin. That's why it's so bad not to live, not to live Holy, because if we're living in sin, if we have sin in our lives, obviously God is absent from our lives. So when you see someone walking around, don't judge them based off of their, their, what they're proclaiming. Don't base them off the words of their mouths. Don't base them off because there's people they can they can have what looks to be to be Christian. They can have what looks and sounds like a Christian, but if you see sin there, you can rest assured. That's not truly fulfilling the purpose of God. God is not truly with that person if they're living in sin. Sin is separating us from God. Isaiah 59 tells us, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid you his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath murdered, muttered perverseness. Sorry. So, God truly craves that fellowship with us. It said that God's hand isn't short, that it can't save. His ear's not heavy, that it can't hear. The problem is not God. The problem is not God's ability to commune with us. It ain't God's ability to, to speak with us. But it's, it's sin. It's the iniquity that's separated us. It's sin that's, that's caused God to hide his face from us. Because God is a holy God. God does not deal with sin. God does not tolerate it. God doesn't even expose himself to it. When there's sin, God is far away. So God does truly crave that fellowship with us. But because of sin and its place in between him and humanity, we're separated from him. Um, so when did this separation begin? Maybe you're asking that, okay? God created man. They were walking with God. They were fellowshipping God. They were truly, truly living that life that God created them for, full of that purpose and that fulfillment, fulfilling the plan of God for their lives. What happened? Where did the separation start? Um, and it started with the very, very first humans, human beings on this earth. It started with Adam and Eve. And their fall. I mean, he's heard of the fall. The fall of man is what it's referred to. And that was caused by disobedience. So, the first chapter of Genesis, we read about how God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. 
Um, and they were created. And once they were created, living those lives by glorifying God, pleasing God, and communion, a life communing with God, they were instructed to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. That is exactly what they were told to do. That was their job. They just had to live life, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. How hard could that be? Um, and that's when they were humanity is in general. Uh, God gave them the ability to re- reproduce and procreate. And they were to fill the earth. And they were to fill the earth with people that were going to be doing God's will as well. That were going to be living those perfect planned out lives. But God gave parameters. God gave a parameter for them to live by. He gave a commandment. In the second chapter of Genesis, we see that the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it, to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So this is the first commandment ever seen given to mankind in this world. Um, they were commanded, you know. Um, there's a tree there. Every tree you can eat, every last one of them you may freely eat. That's what the Word of God says. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. So we see it wasn't that God was giving them this tree because he wanted to slip he wanted them to slip up he was doing it out of a precaution because the day you do you're going to die the day you do you're going to be separated from me for all eternity the day you do um you'll surely die you'll you'll you're not going to be able to make it it wasn't oh you ate the tree therefore i'm going to punish you no they ate the tree god was that was a way god was keeping them from being destroyed god wasn't trying to set them up and put them in a ploy that they would be separated from god but no he was trying to keep them away from what was going to harm them what was going to cause them to die it's like a parent if a parent a parent says to a kid you're not going to eat that poison packet that was found in that box of of uh shoes because that can kill you if you eat that you're going to die it's not like oh if you eat it i'm going to kill you no it's if you eat of it this is harmful for you don't eat it don't eat it. Don't eat it. And so God put those parameters there. And God asked them to obey him. God gave them this commandment. God didn't suggest it. God commanded it. There's things that God will command out of his people. There's things that God will require out of his people that, that are not mere suggestions, that are not recommendations, but they are commandments. So there was an, a, an evil beast that came, the devil, that came in the form of a serpent. The devil can show up anyways, but here he showed up as a serpent. And uh, the Bible calls him more subtle than any beast of the field. He was a subtle. Subtle means he's, you know, real sly, real tricky. He didn't come across just probably as this enemy, but he may have came across as this guy that was just trying to help. And he asked the woman. He went unto the woman. He said, "Has God said, he asked her, that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman told the serpent, she said, we can eat of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God said, we shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And uh, 
For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, and the serpent told the woman, God knows the day you, that you eat, you're gonna, your eyes are going to be opened and you're going to be like God, knowing good and knowing evil. And uh, you're not going to die. You're going you're gonna to be like God. And somewhere in there, somewhere in there, someone tried to get them to break their purpose. If their purpose was to glorify God, why would them being like a God, why would them having knowledge like God, trying to equalize themselves with God, why would that be so appealing to them? But the devil came around trying to get them to break their purpose. And that's exactly what happened in this day and age, in this generation, is the devil is trying to get you to break your purpose. The devil, the most the most appealing things to young people in 2021 are the things that are going to cause you to break your purpose. Things that are going to cause you to stop pleasing God. Things that are going to cause you to stop glorifying God and to stop walking in a relationship with God. Um, and the devil came and said, you're not going to die. You're, you know, you're going to be like a God. You're going to know good and evil. And some way, somehow he got the woman to believe. And when she, and it, the Bible says that she saw it was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. It was a tree that would make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and she did eat. And her husband ate also. And immediately something happened. It says their eyes were both opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And boom, in verse 8. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of of the garden. So there's a tendency, not just in God. God. God doesn't go near sin. God doesn't appear to sin. But there's also a side to sin. Sin sin doesn't like God. Sin will try to hide from God. That's why you'll see people, if they're in sin, they're going to hide it. They're not going to show it because sin doesn't, does not want anything to do with God. Sin and, and everything evil wants to be so far away from God and wants to have its own agenda going on. The the evils in this world, the those that are the demonic spirits, they want to be away from God. And uh, the Lord God went to Adam and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee, thou shouldest not eat? The man said, The woman which thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. So, there we are. Hmm. Sin. Separated them from God. Separated them from God completely. Still separates us from God. Um, The Bible tells us in the New Testament um, how one man caused us to be separated from God. Speaking of Adam. One one man's actions caused us to be separated from God. And still today, we're separated from God. The Bible tells us we're born and shapen in iniquity. We were conceived from our mother's womb. We're sinners. All men have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that. 
We have all sinned. We have all fallen. We have all. And, and it's not even, you don't even have to be a conscious human being to be a sinner. You can be an unconsciously born human being that's never even thought a thought. But you're still a sinner because you were born in it. It's your flesh. It's your rotten, filthy, vile nature. And it separated them from God. And it's still separating us from God today. You know, this podcast could be a very, very sad scenario. This podcast could be very, very uh, troubling if I ended it now. If I ended it now and said, hey, you know what? That's it. Adam and Eve, they had that few short, however long it was in the garden when they were walking with God. And then that serpent came, got them. And gave them over to sin. And now they were enslaved. They're bound by sin. There's no way out. There's no way to get back to that communion with God. But this is really where we're getting to the point of seeing there is a way out. There is a way of escape. And uh, another question that might come to mind that I want to answer. That... That you may be wondering, why did God allow mankind to make a mistake? Why did he allow them to disobey? Why did he allow them to fall into sin? Why did he allow them to, to choose to eat of the fruit? Why didn't he like just not allow them to do it? Why didn't he take it out of their minds to do it? Why didn't he come into the garden and stop them before they did it? Knowing that he's all present and he's everywhere at once and he's all knowing. And he knew that they were doing it. And he knew what they were going to do. Why didn't God stop them? It's because of a beautiful gift that God has given us. And that is a free will. So God desires strongly that all of humanity, me and you, fulfill our purpose that he's given us. That he's set for us to do. To please him, to glorify him, to walk with him. While he still strongly desires that, more than we desire it, he desires it. He gave us a free will to make our own choices. When God gave the commandment to man in the garden, he gave them equally as much the commandment as he gave them the ability to do with it what they wanted to do. He gave them the option to make a choice, even if there were going to be eternal consequences. And he does that today. He does not force you To do anything. That's why there's people living lives of all different sorts. Some are fulfilling their purpose. Some aren't. Some have yet to realize that there is a purpose. But God's going to give them a choice. But we know that when God commanded the man. He commanded them. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. You can eat of every tree. Including the, the good and evil. It's not that you can't eat of it. It's that I'm telling you not to. It's that I'm commanding you not to. Um, Many times over in scripture, God can be seen reasoning with many who are not fulfilling the purposes for their lives. And he he would reason with them. He would try to get them to choose to obey God and do what he willed for their life. Deuteronomy 30, he spoke and he said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thee and thy seed may live. 
that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. He said, choose life, choose life. He said, but at the same time, he said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You can choose life, you can choose death. Uh, Joshua 24, um, God was using Joshua to remind the children of Israel of all the good things God did, all the enemies he's brought them through and helped them to fight, all the, the hardships that they went through that God has brought them through. And then at the end, he gives them a choice. He says, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose this day who you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in the land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's a choice to make. You got to choose this day, children. Those of you, children of Israel out there, you've got to get up and you've got to choose. Adam and Eve, they ate of the forbidden fruit. Cain, their son, killed his brother Abel. Nimrod, we spoke about it in the last episode, the Tower of Babel. He built the Tower of Babel. Ham, that's the son of Noah. He disrespected the authority figure in his life. Abraham, he neglected God's plan by having a child with Hagar, his wife's handmaiden. Lot, he chose to pitch his tents towards and eventually live in Sodom and Gomorrah. Jacob, he deceived his father. Joseph's brothers, they sold him into Egyptian slavery. Moses' mother, I mean Moses, he murdered a man. Miriam and Aaron, they murmured against the man of God in their lives. All of these terrible actions that were committed, just to name a few, were bad choices made by men and women who had the free will to do so. None of those choices were them having to do so. None of them were either acceptable to God, but they were still done because God allowed the power of choice to be given to them. Um, many in, in the church world they have a sense that free will is equivalent to do whatever you want to do. do. Do it how you want. It's your free choice. It's your power to choose. Do it however you want to do it. But And that is the case. God has given you that kind of power. Do what you want to do. If you want to go to church, go to church. If you don't, don't. But, however, every choice will be judged by God. Just because we're given power over choices... It doesn't, it doesn't in any means give us exemption from the consequences for making those choices. It doesn't give us a, a cutout. Oh, well, you had the ability to do it, so therefore there's no punishment. No, it's the punishment will still be there. Genesis 4 and 7, God told Cain, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Um, to some after reading about the power of choice, it may cause you to fret because you don't, you don't have the, the strength, the power, um, to make the right choices. I've, oh man, I have the power to choose, but I just don't have that power. I don't have the willpower behind me. I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability. I have too many things in my life that are trying to get me to make the wrong choices. But the word of God shows us, just like we have the power to make those wrong choices, um, 
We have great power, even more, through God, through, through the power of God to make better choices. Um, Isaiah 55 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy unto him. And our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And then we're also told in Second Chronicles 7 and 14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So God will not allow us to be tempted with more than we're able to overcome. Um, That's told us in the New Testament. We're, We're told there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above your able. But will with the temptation make a way to escape that she may be able to bear it. So God is given that free choice to everyone. Every last one of them. Every mankind. That means me. That means you. That means our family members, our friends, our co-workers. Everyone that we know. They're given that free will. In the apostolic church, there are former thieves, drunkards, adulterers, murderers. Mass murders, sinners of all sorts, all shapes, all sizes, all backgrounds, creeds, ethnicities, all of that. But many of you would never even know these people that have lived that type of life. Not because of their goodness, not because they've just done so much great things and they've made it up and they've covered it up and they've gotten rich and famous and powerful and they've dropped the charges. and No, but because of God's mercy and God's kindness. So many people today, they've already made terrible choices. I've made terrible choices. I can look back at some choices that I've made, even recent days. And I look back and I say, ugh, why would I do that? Ugh, why would I, why would I do that? Why would I, why would I put myself in that kind of place? Why would I give myself room to do something like that? Um, and, and it may seem like, oh, these choices have such lasting damage. I'll never be able to get over that choice that I made. Um, I'll never be able to return to the way it was prior to choosing those choices. But there's undoubtable proof in God's word and in living examples today, people that we know of God's mercy being extended. And I can tell you very clearly, there's no one too far from total redemption through the life-changing power of Jesus. Um, God is made a way of escape. God has made a way. And we're going to get into that. We're coming up on an, on a very, very, very good part of this podcast. And another episode's coming up. And we're going to get into why. What has God given us? And we're going to dig deep, deeper in sin. And we're going to talk about what sin really is for us. We saw how sin, God drove mankind out of the Garden of Eden. Mankind, they were in that garden, walking in the cool of the day with God. But as soon as that sin happened, and we're going to read about the curse, the curse and what what sin caused. Tonight, we discussed how sin separates us from God and and all of that. But we're going to come up on, on the curse and how God placed a curse and how God put a punishment for sin. And the next lesson is going to be on obedience. The next lesson is going to be on obedience and how 
God really, really requires obedience. And it's going to be about how sin um, required an atonement and how, and how there is a way of escape from sin. And because we're in a day where sin is so far around us. And it really, it really troubles me and saddens me that I even have to say that. But we are in a day where it's so much sin around us. It's hard to even get around anywhere where there's not just an overload of sin. An overload of wickedness and, and, and terrible things. But um, I can tell you firsthand, I know that we serve a God. And our God is so good that he's given us the choice. He's given us the power to choose. He's given, he gave mankind and they, they chose wrong. They chose to foolishly disobey God and obey the enemy. But God's also giving us a choice. There's a choice that we have to make. Um, everyone you see who's living individual lives to whatever way they're living it, whether good choices or bad choices, they're giving one thing in common. And that is a choice. They may all have a different deck of cards handed to them. But the one thing that they all have in common is just one thing. And it's a choice. If you want to do right, the choice is yours. If you don't, you don't have to. So you can make your decision tonight. I'm going to choose correctly. I'm going to follow through with this podcast. I'm going to hear the next episodes. I'm going to choose to do what's right. I'm going to choose to live a lifestyle that pleases God, that glorifies God, that allows me to walk hand in hand in communion with God. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to finish with the story about choices that kind of stuck out with me. And uh, it's about a man. I'm, I don't want to re- reveal his name. Um, he's, I, I wouldn't say famous. He's not a celebrity. But if you look his name up online... You can find out about him and you can probably hear him speak, hear some of his stories. Um, he's become like a, somebody in, in the public view. Um, he's not a household name, but he is someone that you could read about and you may have heard his name. Many of you may not have. Some of you may have. But he talks about how... And I will tell you his profession. He is a doctor. And um, I'm in in the medical field. That's something, you know, I I really... That interests me is medicine and medical field and things like that. That's one of my extracurricular hobbies that I really enjoy. And uh, it's a doctor that I've I've read about and I've kind of followed his story because he's, he's really impacted me in my life and just kind of things I've read about him and I just truly think he's a true you can learn some things from him he's he's not a Christian in the the view that we know as Christian but his life there's something to glean from him and it is this he tells his story about how he when he was in middle school he was the worst kid in the world He said, I was so bad. He said, I did drugs. He said, I did things I could, I should have never done. He said, I was in a gang. 
I was just so bad off. He said, I never, 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 ever thought I would ever turn out any way good. He said, my older brothers, I guess he's the baby. He's got three older brothers. They're all in jail, either in prison or in and out of prison or on drugs or on the streets or terrible lifestyle. And he said, I was heading down the same road. But one day he was in high school and he saw two groups of people. He saw one group of people where the majority of them were gangsters and punks and they were out doing their thing on the streets and they were living that life. He said, then there was another couple guys that really, really impacted me because I saw them and I said, they're different. They're not doing what everyone else is doing. They're not out there partying and getting messed up and doing what everyone else in this world is doing. And he said, I just got in touch with them. He said, I started hanging around them. He said, I started really, really enjoying being around them. He said, and eventually it wasn't long and I wasn't really partying because the people I was hanging around weren't doing that kind of stuff. And the people that I was hanging around wasn't, wasn't living that kind of lifestyle. He said, these kids were making good grades. They were trying to better themselves. He said, and I told myself, do I want to be like my older brothers going to jail and getting on drugs and diseases and all these things that are happening? Or do I want to make something for my life? And so he said, I, I, I grew older and I joined the military. He said, I joined the military. I did some years in there. He said, and I was a medic in the military. So I got, he said, I fell in love with medic with medicine and, and treating people and seeing patients. And that's kind of what I love to do. He said, and then I got, I got to a place where I, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to medical school. He said, and my school, I got out of the military. The military paid me to go to medical school. The military paid me to become a doctor. He said, and now I'm a doctor free of charge. I don't have med school loans. I don't have any of that. He said, the military paid my way through medical school. And here I am, a doctor. He said, it wasn't hard. He said, all it did, all it did, and it stuck out with me, the words he said, and that's why I brought it out tonight. He said, the only thing it did is it caused me to make the right choices. He said it just was making the right choices. And so that's how I've, I've choose to live my life. On a more spiritual level, I look at it. Um, I understand it's not just secular. And it's bringing God into it and choosing to, to serve God. But that's all you got to do. You just got to make the right choice. You got to rise above what everyone else is doing. You got to rise above what the world around you is doing. And you just make the right choices. You say, the choice I'm going to make is going to be this choice. I'm not going to make the wrong choices. I'm going to make the right choices. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something for my life. I'm going to get up and I'm going to make a choice. As a Christian, I can tell you, I see it, I see it all over the church. I see it in people's lives. What choices people are making is what's determining their outcome. It's not because I've seen people. I've seen people come off the streets broke in broken families, broken homes, broken lifestyles. Everything was falling apart in their lives and they gave their life to God and God changed them. 
God changed them. God set them on the right path. And God has made their lives perfect. You see them today and you think, oh, they could have never, ever, ever, ever lived a bad life. Because they just look so fulfilled. They look so happy. They look so pleased. They look so blessed. Because they made the right choice. And I'm glad today. I can end this podcast by telling you, you can make the right choice. I'm striving to make the right choice. Occasionally, I will make a wrong choice. Occasionally, I will drop the ball and not not bat what I should have batted. Occasionally, and that will happen. But I want to I go through my life making the correct choices, making choices that are going to help me spiritually, that are going to help me go further in God, that are going to help me live my life pleasing God, glorifying God, and communing with God. And tonight, I'll leave you with that and say good night, and God bless you. Make the choice. I'm going to choose correctly.